Hi, welcome back to the Village Shoulder Podcast. I'm your host, Njabulin Tzibande. For episode 54, I'm chatting with uh, return guest, Garth McKenzie. Uh, I wanted to chat to him about the importance of um, of mindset. Uh, how are you doing, Garth? Hi, Njabula. It's very good to be back. I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming back. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, it's it's good to be back and to be chatting to you once again. It's been some time. I think, when did I speak to you last? Uh, I think we last spoke uh, last year. 2020. Yeah, yeah, sometime in 2020. So we're now probably more than a year on since we, we last did a podcast together. So it's good. It's good to see your progress with what you've been doing with the Village Trader. And uh, we've all come a long way, I suppose, since then. So uh, it's wonderful though, to see your progress with everything you've been doing and, and with this podcast as well. No, thank you very much, Garth, and uh, great to have you back again. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to first t- um, touch, uh, uh, go back to, 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 to your early teens um, when you were still chart, doing your chart analysis uh, via graph paper uh, with, with fictitious money. Do you still remember uh, the basic approach you had um, to the market at the time, uh, um, you know, you must have had some reason to 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 buy or sell a stock, even uh, with with uh, if it was just fictitious. And what are some of the principles that you you uh, picked up then that you still apply today? Yeah, um, well, that, yeah, I, I started uh, trading fictitiously with with um, you know, play play money really when I was in school, and I was about fourteen years old. And my dad and I would sit down at the dining room table every evening after dinner and we would pick out some shares out of the newspaper and we would actually hand draw a graph of those shares and, and we would then you know, add to that chart every day with the latest closing price. And this was now about 1994, so there wasn't online share trading or internet or anything like that. At that stage, um, you, know, you had to really use the day's newspaper to get the latest share prices. And that was when we started. So we just had a, a handful of about 20 or 30 stocks that we used to follow quite closely. And we used to draw charts around those. And we'd look for any news around those companies uh, to then mock trade those in our, in our fictitious portfolio. Um, a lot of them were gold shares. And I think that's just because at that time, the... Uh, the gold board of the JSE was still quite big. There were a lot of smaller listed gold companies, many of which have been absorbed into the bigger players now. I mean, really, the gold board on, on the JSE now is is tiny compared to what it used to be in those days. But, uh, yeah, we found gold shares to trade. We used to plot them and draw the charts. And then, you know, you asked me about a methodology, if, if there was any method that caused us to buy or sell a stock at that time. In all honesty, there was no method. It was we were just shooting from the hip. It was yeah, uh, it, it was complete novice stuff. I made tons of mistakes. Uh, you know, things like you, know, you see a stock that's down twenty percent or thirty percent, and you think, oh wow, it's uh, it's fallen so much, therefore it must bounce. I'll buy that. Meanwhile, you know, you don't realize that often a share that falls twenty or thirty percent, it falls for a reason, and it's. It's possible that that share might be on its way to zero. So, you know, th- those types of mistakes are made many times over and over again. So there really wasn't a method in the early days. That, that only came much later in my career after having learned and experienced many difficult lessons in the market, <laughs> as, as so many traders d- tend to do early on in their careers. Yeah. Are there some of the principles that you, you, you started building uh, at that time that you still have? 
Um, uh, probably not. I think that all of the, the useful uh, principles that I've, that I've got now are all things I've learned later on in my career. Um, I guess the only thing I can hark back to in those days that stuck with me is the passion to keep going because uh, that's never left. I've always loved the markets. I've always found them exciting and enthralling. Um, and no matter how difficult it is at times, I still find that I enjoy getting up in the morning to try and look for opportunities in the market and try and spot the next trade. Um, but I mean, that's probably the only correlation I have now to what I had back in those early days is the, the passion is still very much alive for me. But in terms of a methodology, I mean, there, there was absolutely no method in my early days. That only came later on once I'd started you know, started working in the markets, actually, and started to get a bit more of an understanding of trading action and charting and understanding the dynamic between buyers and sellers. In the early days, when I was still a teenager trading, I had absolutely none of that. I had no concept whatsoever. I was extremely green uh, at, at that stage of my career. Yeah, and uh, I suppose that's quite characteristic of, of uh, um, being unconsciously incompetent. Um, you, have, you, you don't know what you're doing and you have no clue about it. Yeah, th th that's it. And look, <laughs> my, my results proved that in those early years. Uh, you know, if, if trading is the, the process or the, the game we play, then the, the profitability or the, your profit and loss curve, uh, your equity curve, is the scoreboard. And there was no doubt in those early years that the, the game I was playing was not a winning game because the scoreboard just kept on going down and down and down. <laughs> so, yeah, somewhere along the line, I guess I learned what not to do and tried to focus more on what one should actually do as a trader. Um, was, it, was it really the passion that uh, kept you going when after, after losing GTI uh, type of money? Or um, did it ever occur to you that, you know what, uh, let me just quit, man. There's better things, there's better ways to lose money um, than in the stock market. What is the mindset like um, and, and how... how how did it change as you as you, you turn into profitability? Yeah, I, I, look, I do recall one stage in my career where I, I think I sort of stopped trading the market for about six months, and I just thought maybe this is is not for me. But that was probably during the years when I was at university, and I didn't have a lot of money, I suppose. And I'd also by that stage, you know, you mentioned I lost the equivalent of a golf GTI. So that was in the early years from when I was about probably 16 until the age of 22. Um, I, I added up you know, all of my collective losses over those years and I realized that if I had rather just saved that money, um, I could have in fact bought a, a golf GTI brand new out the box back then. Um, it didn't really deter me though in the long term. I, th I think there seems to be something about the market that once the bug bites, it never lets go. And I've seen that with many, many people I've come across over the years. You know, they might have moments where they step away from the market for a period, but ultimately they all end up coming back at some stage. Because I think this market is just, it is a land of opportunity. And you know that those opportunities are always there. They never run out. It's just about being able to spot them and being able to execute them correctly. And I guess all of us by by nature, or th those of us who initially take an interest in the market, presumably we take an interest in the market because we are, are attracted to the opportunity. And that type of personality doesn't just change. 
So I suppose that's also a reason why people keep coming back over and over again, even if the market has hurt them. Ultimately, once the bug is bitten, it doesn't let go. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, I, that's been my experience throughout my career. And no matter how hard it got at times, I always kind of found it deep within myself to keep coming back, to keep trying, and to also just realize that, you know, there are people making money out of the market. Obviously, I just hadn't figured out how to do it yet, and I needed to keep working at it and keep trying and persisting until I managed to break through and actually find a methodology that works. And eventually that happened. But, you know, it doesn't, for me, it, it didn't happen like overnight, like a, like a light switch. Um, it sort of it flickered. There were times <laughs> where I felt like I was doing well and maybe I had figured it out and then I would get absolutely clobbered again and the market would humble me, which is what it does when you get arrogant. And uh, then you'd have to try, but try again and come back, uh, review your process and try once again. So, yeah, you know, lots of scars over the years, I guess, have also taught me a few useful lessons which I, I employ today in my trading. Did, did you always have... have uh, 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 quite a strong mindset because as, as a you know a, a teenager you know up to the age 22 there's far much better things to do with money than uh, firstly just saving it because whether you lost it or not in the market that's uh, really neither here nor there but to have the discipline to uh, first earn an income and secondly to uh, um, you know I suppose pay yourself self first and invest in yourself you have you always had that, uh, you know, a strong mindset and a strong sense of discipline, you know, at, a, at an early age? Or just, um, and with the, with the market, it's just a matter of learning how this thing works. Yeah, I, I think, I've, look, I, I know I've always been very ambitious. From a, an early age, I was ambitious and I had big, um, you know, aspirations to be successful. And that never really left me. Um, from a personal perspective as well, I think something that, that drives me and, well, certainly drove me in the early years, but still drives me to this day, is that I, I don't come from a family of, of wealth or anything like that. We came from very humble beginnings. Um, my, my parents really struggled financially. Uh, and, and I think I just looked at that and I thought, I don't want to be like that. I'd like to try and, you know, make a success, of, a financial success of my life and do what is necessary. So there was definitely a hunger that came out of that situation for me personally and created an ambition. And, um, and you, 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 you mentioned the word discipline. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I've always been quite disciplined in most aspects of my life. I did work hard at school. Uh, I didn't mess around too much. Uh, and I knew that you know, once I got into my career in the market, I took it very seriously. Uh, I get up early every day. I've always been an early riser, wanting to try and make the most of every day and, and find opportunities. So there's that element to it, I suppose, which is, yes, there's, there's an ambition, there's a strong mindset, and there's a determination to try and make a success of things, irrespective of how difficult it might be at, at times. Yeah, true. And, and it's, 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 it's quite true what they say that, um, uh, you know, if, 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 we, if we have true burning desires, uh, life somehow... Uh, helps us along the way to 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 kind of you know figure it out. Yeah, I I'm, I believe that as well. I think that life kind of leads you sometimes, and you and doors will open. Sometimes doors won't open, but the doors that do open for you, 
you know, go through them and explore it and take advantage of opportunities that come your way. But I, I am also a fairly firm believer that you can create your own luck in life. Um, the, the luck is what they say, the luck is what happens when preparation and opportunity meet. So I guess doing the preparation is the important part. At some stage, hopefully, you get the opportunity that meets your preparation, and then that's what people might refer to as luck. But actually, there's a lot more that happened behind the scenes than it was just a, a lucky situation. Um, so yeah, you know, you've got to you've got to dig deep. You've got to try hard. You've got to push, and nothing worthwhile in life comes easy, I guess, and, and that's the reality. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, 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 I usually, you know, uh, um, I like it to, 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 to um, the probabilities or the probabilistic nature of, of thinking uh, um, that I take from the markets and applied uh, in life as well. That you know, if, 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 if you know, if there's a twenty percent chance of uh, um, success, and that twenty percent is you know, the reward of of, of that twenty percent is, is is worth. Um, is worth it, is really, really worth it, then in order to increase the odds of, of getting that 20%, my sample size needs to be uh, uh, quite a bit. And that means I have to, you know, keep trying and, and you know, keep adding, uh, uh, you know, keep on pushing on as you, as you mentioned. Yeah, that's right. But the, the important thing, obviously, as well in a situation like that, as you say, a 20% chance, which is a pretty low probability. Um, but... That, that also then implies there's an 80% probability that is whatever you're seeking to do is not going to work. Yeah. So in those situations, you've then got to make sure that the downside is very well covered. Um, so you you know you might only bet, say, 20% of your trades right, if that's the system you're referring to. Fair enough. But then the other 80% that you get wrong, you've got to make sure that those losses are really kept contained and very small. And then on the 20% of the winners that you, that you reference, you know, those have got to be pretty chunky and pretty meaningful to really ultimately make a success of your um, your trading system. Um, personally, I, I like to try and look for trade opportunities that give me better than 50-50 odds. Uh, I try and seek out opportunities that I believe will give me maybe a 60 to 65% chance of being successful. And of course, by implication, that also then means a 35 to 40% chance of not being correct. But then on the winners, I want to make significantly more on the winning trades than what I lose on the losing trades. And that's part of, and that, that really is the nub of the process, is to take a pro, to approach it like that and keep the losses small, but try to maximize the winners, try and run the winners. And through that, you create a steadily rising equity curve. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree 100%. Um, can, can you uh, take us through the importance of uh, uh, mindset and perhaps some of the stuff that you teach uh, uh, some of your clients on, on, on mindset? Yeah, I mean, I'm huge on mindset. It's something I've really focused on a lot in my own trading career over the last year or two. Um, I've actually started you know, consulting a trading coach, which has been very, very helpful in terms of the mindset. You know, he doesn't teach me how to trade, but he teaches me how to manage my mind, uh, which is hugely important as a trader. You've, you've really got to have a, a healthy mindset to do this. Um, and through that, through reading a lot of very good trading books, but particularly books that uh, refer a lot to the psychology around trading, 
I found those to be very, very helpful. And then also podcasts. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts which have come along over the last two years. There's some really excellent ones out there. And they're not just around trading. Sometimes they're around other aspects of life and philosophy and things. But th there's always a strong message. So all of that I'm finding is very helpful to try and maintain a healthy and, and strong mindset. Because uh, it, it is so important in trading that you keep a strong mindset and that you maintain confidence. Uh, and, I, and I think not only in trading, I, I liken that to all aspects of life. Um, you know, whether you be, let's just say, for example, you're a, you're a mountain bike rider and you, you're going through some challenging terrain, you know, you, you need to be confident that you're going to get through there and come out the other side without falling off your bike. If you go in scared, you know, then you, you, you increase the probability that you're going to fall off the bike. Uh, you need to be confident and you need to have a strong mindset. Um, so it, it's vitally important to me to keep that strong mindset, to maintain confidence. And part of doing that is it, it revolves around risk management for me, uh, keeping the risks small and making sure that any losses that I take are small is vitally important because you know, I can qu quite comfortably leave my office at the end of the day after having had a bad day in the market and lost a little bit of money. As long as it's only a small amount, it's not, and I'm not going to cry myself to sleep about that. And I'm also fully accepting that that's part of, the, part of the business of trading, is that you are going to take losses. But it's critical that those losses are kept small and contained so that they don't, A, dent your financial capital too badly, but B, just as importantly, that they don't dent your emotional capital, i.e. your confidence or your mindset. Because you want to be able to come at the market the next day, the next week, and say, right, I'm here, I'm looking for the opportunities, and I'm not scared to take the next trade that comes along. It's a huge problem if you, if you allow yourself to get into a massive drawdown and you lose a lot of your capital, and thereby also dent a lot of your confidence because then sometimes you'll be hesitant and you might be scared to take that next trade. So it's absolutely vital to, that, that you maintain a strong mindset, and maintain a high level of confidence so that you can continue to feel like a winner from a bigger picture perspective. Yeah? Not that every day in the market is going to present you with wins. There's days where you're going to come out a little bit lost, having lost a little bit of money. That's part of the business of trading. But from a bigger picture perspective, it's very important to have a mindset where you trust yourself to do the right thing and you also are confident that the market's going to send you more opportunities down the line. You're going to make yourself available to those opportunities when they come and you're going to trade them according to your process. Uh, and, and I think that confidence is hugely important and will ultimately you know, guide you towards success in trading, I think. Yeah, and you, you touch on, on, on something there quite 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 important there on, on uh, containing losses because I found, um, you know, also just listening to, to, to podcasts and reading books and, and my experience as well, that the damage done by big losses isn't uh, um, only limited to, 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 to the loss you take on the trade, but also to the missed trades um, that you're going to, 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 to going to have to miss because of uh, um, you're too debilitated to, next, to take the next trade. Absolutely right. And I've witnessed that lots with clients where they'll go into one trade and it'll start to lose money. And instead of taking a stop loss and just cutting it and moving on, they will then try and justify why they should stay in this trade and why it's going to come right. And then it 
you know, it moves further against them. And then they start to do things like averaging down on a, on a losing trade. <laughs> so now not only do they have a bad trade, they've actually made a bad trade bigger. And then they start to lose more money. And that just, it, it erodes confidence and it erodes financial capital, obviously. But as you said, it creates not only a problem in the sense that you're now riding a winning, not riding a losing trade, but also there's an opportunity cost element because now all of your energy and your focus is completely consumed by this one trade that's costing you money and you're hoping and praying that it comes right. When in actual fact, there are plenty of other opportunities out there available, but you are not taking them because you're so fixated on this one trade that's, that's losing you money. So it's, it's for that reason I find it's so important to keep the losses small. And also when I look at my own trading and I look at the, you know, go back over multiple trades, what I've noticed is that the time period that I hold losing trades for is quite short. You know, I, I generally don't hold a losing trade for more than two or three days maximum. Um, whereas my winning trades, I've noticed the amount of time that I hold them on average is a lot longer than that. And, and that's good because you ultimately do want to be running your profits, let your winning trades work for you and keep stay with them. But your losing trades, get out of them. Don't let them sit around and simmer and destroy your confidence. You know, in my experience with the market often, I found that the best trades generally start to work out for you quite quickly and, and they'll start to show a profit quite quickly. Whereas the losing trades, the worst trades, often will show you early on that they're not going to work. So, you know, don't hang around in losing <laughs> trades. If it's not working, it's not working. Admit it, accept it, get out and move on and look for the next opportunity. Yeah, true, true. And and, and I think um, that is evidence of, of um, patience not being a, a lack of... Um, a lack of skill because you know you 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 would have patience to 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 ride a loser hoping when when hoping that it will turn around to and, and make you whole again um uh, but you lose it when when you find yourself in a winning position so it's not patience that's um uh, that's lacking but rather as you as you uh, you know point out the, the the mindset around or how the beliefs around how we view uh, uh, wins and losses yeah, beliefs is a good word, you know, and I think one's got to believe that, yes, losses happen in trading. It's part of this business. Nobody, nobody gets all their trades right and makes a winner out of every trade. It's not possible. Um, but the winning traders generally accept that that's part of the process, and you'll take losses. You take multiple losses. I, I take losses all the time. But as long as they're small and they're contained, they don't hurt me too much, then that's fine. I'm perfectly happy to accept that um, but be patient with the winners let the let the winners run try and extract as much as you can out of your winning trades and you know, the word that you used is patience and it's a good word um, but also just following on from that in terms of patience it's not only patience to ride your 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 winning trades but also patience of waiting for the opportunities to present themselves and not forcing trades i find that's very important as well you, you need to know that you know, the, the market's going to present you with information all day, every day. doesn't mean you have to act on all of it all the time. Be patient. You know, know what you're looking for in terms of trade setups and be patient for the right setups to come and present themselves and then act on those when they're there. You don't, don't, don't be impatient. Don't force trades because I've 
I've, I've found that that's just also a sure way to tie yourself up <laughs> in knots, get very frustrated, and, um, and, and you don't want to be in that place. You want to come at the market every day from a, a, confidence, a confident place. Not yeah. from a, you don't want to be on the back foot. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, I, I suppose being patient with the rules as well, because I think uh, uh, over-trading is also caused by, caused by being impatient with, with the rules you have. Uh, you know, one or two losses here and there, now you want to change the rules and, you know. Mm. Correct, yeah, you've got to be p- p- patient with your process. As long as you know that it's got an edge and that over, you know, many trades, it's going to give you positive outs- a positive outcome, um, then be patient. Be patient with your process. Don't chop and change. You know, that, that's also a, a failure that many people make, which is wrong. You, they, they, one day they're a technical trader, then some technicals don't work for them. Then they switch to becoming a fundamental trader or whatever. You know, don't change your approach. Try and stick to a consistent approach. As long as it's a, you know, a reliable approach that's shown to have an edge over time, stick with it. Be patient with it. Persist with it. And ultimately, know that in the long run, uh, it, it, it'll it'll pay off. Now, something I've been, uh, and I wrote a blog about this for my clients earlier in the week, is just to talk about your trading and to think about each trade as one of only the next one thousand trades. You know, we're all traders. We're all here to play this game for the long term. But know that every single trade that you do is just one trade out of 1,000 trades or out of 10,000 trades. So the, the, the point I want to make is that don't think of each trade as this is the trade that's going to make me win, uh, you know, make my year <laughs> or whatever. It's, it's, not a, it's a flawed way of thinking. You need to think of each trade individually as one. It's just like one step on a journey of 1,000 miles. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and, and, and then that's important. I think far too often people overemphasize the significance of one trade. Um, and it's not about one trade. It's about a thousand trades and what you're going to do consistently over a thousand trades. Yeah, no, no, 100%. Because you, you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, at, at, at some stage you, you were you were starting to be uh, quite profitable um, and consistently quite profitable, but there were, the, you know, you would eventually be humbled by, by, by the market. So, which, which says to me, uh, at, at that point in time, the technical bit was was well inset and habitualized in, in, in uh, within you, um, but you know something wasn't uh, clicking as yet uh, um, in, in in you know in the mental side of, 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 of the game. What what were some of the components that were uh, or components of your mindset that were missing at uh, at, at that stage? Um, would you think have have drastically improved to 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 the kind of trader that you are today? Yeah, it's, it's about understanding fear and greed. So yeah, those years with, that I was re- referring to where I would be humbled by the market, often what would happen is I'd have a good month and make quite a lot of money in a month, but then I would start to feel you know, quite overconfident, maybe be a bit greedy and say, oh, well, you know, if I could do so well in one month, next month I'm going to come and I'm going to do even better. And often that... You know, you, you start to then deviate from the, the rules. You start to forget about responsible risk management and doing things, you know, with a longer-term mindset. Started to think, wow, I'm going to, you know, I'm really going to smash it this month. And, and you come out and swing the bat too hard and end up, you know, being your wicked fools. I'm, I'm mixing metaphors here. <laughs> but 
but the point I'm making is that I think in those days what I what I would do is just be too greedy, and the, the greed overcame me, and then ultimately the market does tend to humble you at some point if you're too greedy. So I, I wear a lot of scars of that, <laughs> of you know good months followed by really bad months, and then sort of having to take a long, hard look at myself and saying, well, what am I doing here? And I think it, it, it's, it, it does come with, it, with years of experience and with having worn a lot of scars, and I suppose now a level of maturity, of accepting that, you know, I, to try and smash every ball out the park is not a, is not a long-term <laughs> sustainable way to trade. You've got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to be realistic about each opportunity and take it, but take it with the right amount of caution so that if it doesn't work out, you, you know that you're not going to you know, destroy yourself. And I think that's, that's become, a, it's become a, a big part of how I trade, is seeing the long-term bigger picture with my trading. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how, how the, 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 the boom and bust stories are quite closely similar to, to with, with every trade. And two common mistakes that, um, that are being made during those periods is either no stop loss or the position is too big, which speaks to um, the idea that you, you, know, you know what's going to happen next. Yeah, and you don't. That's the reality. <laughs> we, we've, all got to, we've all got to accept that you know, in this business, um, it's a probabilities game. You don't know what's going to happen next. You know, unless you've got some sort of inside track and inside information, but that's that's illegal. It's supposed to be illegal, but uh, I think it still happens from time to time where you get insider trading. But that's not what we do. I don't have access to any inside information anywhere, so I'm kind of reliant on what I see in the charts and in the trading action when I when it comes to making decisions. And with that, I've got to know that you know, I, I can have a strong feeling about something but the reality is that anything can happen and the market can surprise me in ways that I never thought possible and one has to go into every trade with that sort of mindset and that's why we have stop losses that's why we size our positions correctly because we know that we're, pray, we're playing a probabilities game and we, we want to know that if we're right we'll make a bit of money and it'll be great but if we're wrong and we might just be wrong then we don't want to lose too much uh, so that it doesn't destroy us. And that's very, very important. Yeah. And, uh, uh, um, you know, we, we, we always hear a lot about, uh, you know, you have to think in probabilities, think in probabilities, uh, manage the, uh, you know, uh, think of your trades in terms of uh, um, probabilities and the clusters and the different clusters that your, your, your edge will go through um, over, 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 over a period. But um, what are some of the exercises or how do you uh, um, teach, I suppose, um, teach someone, you know, how to think in probabilities or what are, what are some of the examples that you give out for, to help um, someone to, 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 or to kind of make it clear as to how to, 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 to think in terms of probabilities and, um, you know, also managing your mindset to, uh, in between the different uh, um, um, clusters of of, um, uh, of wins and losses. Mm. I think in terms of how to think of probabilities, you know, the, the, the approach that I take to the market is very much a technical one. So I'm looking at technical analysis, I'm looking at trends, 
Uh, and by definition, that implies that I'm looking, I'm, I'm trying to read the supply and demand in the market effectively. And that's what creates price movement and that's what creates trends. So the first thing is that I'll try and look for technical setups that I know have a high probability of playing out in one particular direction. Um, that's the first thing. So that, that automatically I believe that by looking for certain setups, setups that have got a long and reliable history of playing out in a certain way, um, I believe that I've already kept given myself an edge by looking for those kind of setups. I call them high probability trade setups. So there's, there's that, first of all. Um, but then there's also the, the understanding of saying, well, even if I've got a high probability setup and I know that, you know, a, a certain stock is going to break higher on out of a flag pattern or a triangle pattern or whatever on, on six out of ten occasions. I need to also say, well, that's fine, but it also means that four out of ten of the time it's not going to work. And that's why I need to have a stop loss, and that's why I need to size my position correctly so that if my stop loss is hit, it's not going to cost me too much money. And, and that's kind of the probability game that I'm playing. And, and, and you said it in terms of thinking in probabilities. That's the way I view it. And again, it comes back to saying, well, I know if I trade this type of setup, you know, 100 times, it's going to work 60 times on average. So there's going to be 40 times where it doesn't work. That's fine. I know that going into the trade right up front. But I also know that on the 60 times when, I, when it does work, it's going to probably make me two times or three times or even four times more money than what I'll lose on those times when I'm wrong. And I think it's just a case of seeing this as the bigger picture and seeing that each trade is just one little building block out of a whole tower of, 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 of trades, if you want to call it that. Um, and knowing that if, if one of them doesn't work, it's not going to bring the whole tower tumbling down. It's just going to be one little block that didn't work. There's going to be other blocks that you can build on that build your tower your tower up. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm mixing metaphors, but I hope that makes some sort of sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, it, it, it does. And, it's, and I think it's, it's also quite important to um, uh, always uh, keep in mind that, uh, you know, a losing bet is not necessarily a bad bet because um, you can always lose money on, 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 a, on a good bet. But the, the, the most important thing or the most important uh, um, thing to remember is that you know if you do enough of those bets in in the long run you're gonna come uh you know come out come out the other 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 um the other side um ahead. Yeah, exactly. And just you know something that sprang into my head while you were saying that is in terms of um, you know taking a loss it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Uh, I mean, I had it this morning. I had a trade. I was um, short on the Nikkei, and it got stopped out. And I lost a little bit of money, and you know, the, 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 then traded 400 points higher than where I got stopped out. So I was, I was glad to be stopped out. You know, it felt like, although I lost a little bit of money, I felt good about it, because, you know, clearly my trade was wrong, but it didn't cost me very much money to find out that I was wrong, and that's fine. I, I look at that and I say, okay, well, that's part of trading. Part of trading is that some of my trades are going to be wrong, and some of them are going to lose me a little bit of money. As long as I don't lose too much, then that's fine. And that's part of the business. So understand that from a, a confidence perspective, taking a loss, and t but particularly taking a small loss, 
and, a, and obeying your system can in fact be a confidence building experience. Okay, so you don't have, you know, your confidence is not just built out of your winning trades. Your confidence is also built out of how you handle your losing trades. And that's why as I referenced this trade that I had this morning on. It, you know, it lost me a bit of money, but I still felt good about it. I felt confidence because I, I figured, you know, I can pat myself on the back for saying, okay, I tried, I gave myself a chance, but it didn't work. And I lost a tiny bit of money, but it didn't matter in my life. And I'll be back again tomorrow to try again. <laughs> it's a confidence building experience. So that, that's, I think, very important for your listeners to just keep in mind. Confidence comes not only from winning, but it comes from managing your losses responsibly and allowing your losses to be small enough that it keeps you in the game. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think the problem uh, uh, is that uh, uh, for, 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 for the most part, we, 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 we tend to forget the, the, uh, the, the times where you know, our stop was hit and you know, it, it, it saved us quite a bit of money because the stock continue, uh, continued to fall. Um, but we, we always just remember that one time or that one or two times where our stock got hit and the, uh, um, the stop loss was hit and the market ran in our direction. But we often forget um, the number of times where your stop is hit and it saves you a, a chunk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, that, that's right. Yeah, often you know, people say, oh, well, what was your best trade? And one would automatically think, oh, well, it's got to be you know, the trade that was a, a big winner. Some days, your best trade is the trade that you stopped out and you didn't lose too much money on because it would have cost you a lot more money if you had have held. Yeah, that's still a winning trade. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a winning result, but it's a successful trade. Let me say that. That's the right word I was looking for. It's a successful trade. A successful trade is still a, can be a trade that doesn't make you any money. It can be a loser. It's successful because you stuck to your rules and you took a loss that was small enough and it was within the risk tolerances that you allow for yourself. That's still a successful trade as much as a winning trade is also a successful trade. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, two or three weeks ago, I wrote an article, you know, talking about this very thing that um, there's... We, you know, when uh, trading is really just uh, converting one type of asset to another, you're converting, um, uh, you know, using stocks as an example primarily because I'm trading stocks, you're taking, you know, one asset with his cash um, and turning it into, into, into a stock and, you know, uh, when exiting the position, you're doing the vice versa. The trade that we, we tend to forget about is when you're exiting, uh, so when, when, I'm, when I'm buying a stock, I'm short cash long the stock. But the trade that we tend to forget about is the one of exiting, which is now, you know, uh, short, um, short the stock along the cash. And if the stock continues to fall, technically, in theory, you made a profit by not losing that amount of money. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. You know, you, you, you're ultimately looking at things that move in price. And you're saying, OK, well, your cash, I suppose, is deemed to be safe as a store of value for the short term. And you're now putting it on risk in some, into something else that, which, where the value of that thing fluctuates. Um, and you're just trying to get in on and, and hope that the fluctuation is in the correct direction for you so that you, when you convert it back into cash, you've got end up with more cash. But you're right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's 
exactly what you say is right. You're sort of exchanging one asset for another, taking an opportunity in the belief that you're going to end up with more than you started with at the end of the day. Okay. And I, I suppose, uh, or, or, or rather, the, the, the fallacy that, uh, um, you know, a loss is a loss when, when, when you sell is, is the main, suppose, cause of, of you know, the uh, running of, 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 of losses from, you know, from being just a small loss to be a giant one. Um, from, a, from a psychological perspective, where do you think that belief comes from? Well, I think you're talking then about running losses. So it's the and what you said is the, the the old fallacy that you haven't lost until you've sold, um, and, and and therefore people are happy to run their losses. I think that it's it comes around the perspective that I, I guess human nature is such that um, you know we, I suppose we're hopeful. So you you might be in a losing trade. And it's not making, you know, it's, it's going the wrong direction for you. But you're inclined to just say, okay, well, let me hold on because it might come right. And you, 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 we don't, it's difficult for people to admit they're wrong. It kind of goes against human nature to some extent. So, you know, people fail to, to admit that they're wrong um, and run a loss because of it. The thing about it is, you know, taking a loss, what, what, what are you doing? You're admitting you're admitting that you were wrong, you're accepting that you were wrong, and you're also giving up the hope that it's ever going to come right. And I think that's probably the thing that keeps people in a losing trade, is that they, they don't want to give up that hope. They always say, <laughs> well, if I'm in, if I'm still in the trade, there's this little chance that it will come right, and that I'll make money, and I'll come out as a winner. But if I cut the trade, well, then I've got no chance. Right? It's never going to come right for me because I'm now out. And you know, it's, I'm going to borrow something that Dr. David Paul once said to me on, on one of my podcasts, which really resonated, and I, I think it's so accurate. He said that there's no holy grail in this game, but he, he said that if he had to try his best to distill out what separates good traders from bad traders, it's this. He says, a losing trader... When the losing trader has a winning trade on, he quickly becomes a pessimist and worries that that profit is going to be taken away. So he tends to cut the trade too quickly. Conversely, when a losing trader has a losing trade on, that trader becomes an optimist. So now suddenly it's optimistic that maybe the trade will come right, maybe I'll end up making money, and they tend to be optimistic about the possibility that a trade will come right for them, even though it's showing a loss at the time. Right, so that's a, that's a losing trader that I'm talking about. Now, the opposite of that is a winning trader. And the mindset of a winning trader is that when a winning trader has a losing trade on, quickly becomes a pessimist. So wants to get out and say, right, this is not working. I can see I'm wrong. I'm out. Right. Conversely, a winning trader, when he has a winning trade on quickly becomes an optimist and says, well, I can see I'm right. This is working. It's probably going to continue working for me. And that, he said, was the, the biggest difference that he's observed over many years in the markets between winning traders and losing traders and the psychology of how they each think.
Yeah, yeah. You know, as 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 you, as you were talking before before you 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 quoted Dr. Paul there, you know, was that exact same uh, um, quote was coming to mind uh, um, when you said it. And, and I suppose you know, just looking at the glass half full uh, um, with 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 your winning trades and half empty with with your losers is the most important thing. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. It, and it comes back to what I've said, you know, numerous times now. Is you keep your losses small, but try and run your winners and let them, let them work for you. Yeah. Have you ever found yourself uh, um, having uh, suffering, suffering from tilt? And uh, um, did you how, how how did you manage to 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 get yourself out? Yeah. So tilt for those listening that don't know what it is, it's it's a term derived from poker, which is where you basically start going. And, and playing in an erratic, reckless fashion, uh, sort of ignoring the risks. And it can happen in trading as well, to where you, you, maybe you're on the wrong side of the market and suddenly you just say, right, I am just going to throw caution to the winter. I'm going to go crazy and play, you know, trade bigger than I should, not have a stop loss, be more aggressive than I need to be. And ultimately you're kind of out of control in that situation. Um, and it's not a good place to be as a trader. If you ever find yourself in that position where you feel almost like you're becoming revengeful against the market, you need to recognize that and stop yourself dead in your tracks because that can be incredibly destructive. So you asked me the question, have I ever found myself in that, uh, in that space? I, I think I, I did in earlier on in my career. Uh, you know, I found myself in that situation a couple of times. But certainly not... Not in the last decade, I've not felt that way at all. I think it's just, I wear a lot of scars from the market. <laughs> so I've kind of learned what, what, is, what you should and shouldn't do. And I, I think also I've come to the point where I know myself well enough now to recognize if I'm ever entering into a tilt state, to be able to say, hang on a second, stop what you're doing, just walk away. Um, but as I say, it hasn't happened to me for many years, but I think that that comes from experience and yeah. from wearing loads and loads of scars in this business. Yeah, in fact, I was about to ask uh, if, it, if it was just a matter of um, a largely self-awareness. It is, it is. I think, you know, the one thing about trading is that it teaches you a hell of a lot about yourself. And the longer you do it, the more you will learn about yourself. Uh, so, so knowing yourself and understanding yourself and also trusting yourself is a vitally, vitally important aspect of trading. Um, and it comes with time, it comes with experience, and, and like I say, in my case, it's come from wearing plenty of scars with uh, having to learn a lot of lessons the hard way. Do, do you, uh, you know, do any work to, 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 uh, to kind of keep your, 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 your self-awareness or, you know, your mind uh, kind of like away? Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't do any meditation or anything like that. A lot of guys recommend. Um, I would love to try, to be honest. Trouble is I've got two small little kids at home, <laughs> and I work from home, so there's absolutely no chance of meditating here. Um, but I'd love to try that. Uh, I, I, I'm firmly of the belief that it probably works. I've seen a lot of successful traders who reference that as meditation as a way to kind of clear the mind and maintain a healthy mindset. Um, but in terms of the way I go about it, I, I think a lot of the books that I read help. 
uh, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to help to kind of reinforce positive mindset aspects. And then also I mentioned that I, I have been consulting a trading coach um, who's been hugely helpful in terms of just instilling the right mindset. And, and, and I've you know, been consulting him for a year now, and I suspect I'm going to continue to use his services going forward because it really has been incredibly helpful from a mindset perspective. So, yeah, I mean, those are the ways I've done it um, to try and maintain a healthy mindset. And, and I think also, you know, even with experience, I have times where I get frustrated and I you know, feel annoyed at the market or I want to slam my mouse on the desk or something like that. Often when you get into that sort of space, it's time to just step away and go for a run, go for a walk, or just go you know, mow the lawn, do something else, because it does help to clear the head. Often we can get so uh, you know, ensconced in our trading that we can't see the wood for the trees. And if that's manifesting itself in a negative way, it's making you frustrated and it's creating negative feelings, then perhaps it's time to just step away from the screen and go and do something else and clear your head. There's no shame in doing that at all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, good, good exercise is, 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 is uh, um, uh, you know, one of the, the, the best release that I know of. Um, yeah, good. Exercise, physical exercise is amazing. I, I find that as well. I'll go for a run or um, a, a mountain bike ride or something like that. And it's just, it's superb way of clearing the brain. Uh, physical exercise is good. I think it's, it's extremely good also just from an overall health perspective, as we know. But also, I'm a big believer in that whole mantra that a healthy body is a healthy mind. And in this business, you do need to have a healthy mind. So it's important that you take care of your physical health, um, be that exercise, be that eating healthy, be that maintaining you know, good level of hydration, drinking a lot of water. All of these things feed into your process and into your mindset in some way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Goth, you've been successful for, 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 for many years. Um, uh, you know, you've, been, you've been a successful trader for many years and, and you know, you've ran a successful... Um, TV show. I mean, we've watched you trade successfully for ten uh, uh, for ten years or so. What, like, what, what, what makes you want to 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 get a, a trading coach, and how do you go about uh, um, searching for one? Um, I'll answer two two parts. I think you said I'm successful. Thanks. I, mean, I appreciate that. I I am not as successful as I'd like to be. I still feel that there's much bigger things for me to strive towards as a trader. So I don't think that. I, you know, I've had some level of success, but I still feel I've got plenty of work to do and there's, I've got much higher goals that I'd like to try and attain. Um, that's, that's the first thing. Um, what is the second part of your question? Uh, how do you it's, go about uh, I'm searching for a coach? Yeah, sorry, that's okay, good, good point. Um, yeah, so the issue around a coach is an interesting one because some people would say to you, oh, you know, well, you, if you're so good, why do you need a coach? Um, and then I, back to that, I would say, well, why does uh, Roger Federer have a coach? Yeah. Why, why does Phil Mickelson have a coach? Why do these top, top sportsmen have coaches? And it's not because they're not good at what they do. They're extremely good at what they do, but they just want to be better. And I think it's the same with trading. Um, you know, I feel like I know what I'm doing, but I want to be better at it. I want to try and you know, focus my processes more. And for that reason, I, you know, having a coach 
was something that I've, I'd long thought would be useful. I'd often thought if I could find a person who understands psychology, who's maybe got a psychology qualification, but also knows how to trade, that would be an absolute you know, amazing person to find. And I'd never found that person uh, through the years. You know, there's plenty of psychologists out there, but they don't understand trading. And there's plenty of traders out there, but they don't, they're not psychologists. And I found a coach here in the UK, um, purely by accident, someone who I was following on Twitter, and uh, stumbled across this guy, and then started to investigate his services more and, and realized what he did. And uh, I, I, yeah, it was like hitting the jackpot. I felt like I've actually now found this person who understands psychology, but also understands trading. Now he's been a trader himself, but he's also got a, a, a deep um, sort of psychological background. And marrying those two elements together has been very, very valuable to me. Um, and, and that's kind of what I looked for in, in seeking a trading coach. I'm very grateful to have found somebody. And what are the, some, what are some of the things that he um, helps you with? A lot of it's around mindset. You know, so he, we, we'll, it, it's all around mindset, really. Uh, but also digs into my beliefs around money and my background. As I said, I, and I came from humble beginnings. I had a family that had financial struggles. Um, and a lot of that stuff is very, very deep-seated within me emotionally. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's trying to deal with all of that and trying to recognize all of that in terms of how it fits into my, myself and the way I view money and the way I, my relationship with money. I don't have a very good relationship with money, and I'm the first to admit that. And it comes from my, my history of having, a, you know, being a brought up in an environment of financial difficulty. So my, my relationship with money is probably quite an unhealthy one, actually. But having the coach is certainly helped to try and sort of break down, to some extent, my, the, the, the bad relationship that I have with money and to try and shift it into a more you know, positive way. So it's that type of stuff that, 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 that he's dealt with. How, how do I deal with my relationship with money and how does that then manifest itself in the way that I trade? Yeah, so he's, he's, he's dealing entirely with mindset-related aspects of my trading and my process and my discipline and that type of thing. He's not you know, saying to me, well, you know, this is a bullish engulfing candle, therefore you should be buying, or there's negative divergence on this chart, therefore you should be selling. It's not, not, it's not that type of technical coaching at all. I, I'm, I understand that stuff well enough myself. I've got years and years of practice at it. But it's marrying those technical abilities with the correct mindset to enact it in the most effective way possible. And that's where the coach has really be, been immensely helpful for me. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think uh, um, this aspect of, of trading is, is, is not, um, you know, spoken about enough. Um, uh, we always just focus on, you know, when to, when, when to buy or sell. But we never, um, you know, we always seem to forget about the, the, the engine. Because it doesn't matter if it's a BMW, Mercedes or a Ferrari. If the engine is, isn't functioning well, that car is not going anywhere. And um, and I suppose uh, our, our engine is, uh, is our mind. And it's important to, um, just as we, we, we put some work into the technical aspect of, 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 of trading, also the, the, the engine needs to be uh, taken good care of you know go through uh, regular service yes absolutely right i mean the, 
trading is, is probably 80% psychology and 20% methodology. Yeah, and and we're, invariably, we are our worst enemies when it comes to trading. You can have a great system and you know, understand the technical analysis and all of this very, very well. But it's how you enact that, and that, that's where the psychological aspect comes into play. So psychology is massively important when it comes to trading, and I, I, I agree with you. I think it's an area of, uh, of trading that doesn't get enough attention, certainly at a, at a more amateur, beginner level. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm going to start trading. I'm going to buy some software. I'm going to follow certain indicators, and bang, bang, I'm going to be a successful trader. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. Far more important is to build the right mindset around how you trade and how you approach it and how you can then marry that together with your um, technical abilities. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny, uh, you, you, you know, we're talking about how successful you are as, you know, as a trader from a technical perspective um, and you still went out to, to, to seek a coach. And most of when you, when you read about um, uh, most of the elite sportsmen, sportsmen especially the, uh, um, uh, you know, the non, the ones that are not, you know, uh, solo uh, elite sportsmen like golfers, tennis players, athletes, um, most of them, their coaches really just work on uh, their mindset, their mind, rather than how the, the technicalities of, of their various sports. That's so true. I mean, let's go back to the, to, I mentioned Roger Federer. You know, I, I bet the coach can't teach him how to hit a tennis ball. You know, he's the, he's the greatest tennis player in the world. Um, he knows how to hit the ball. But it's, what does he do, you know, when he's in that situation, it's now the Wimbledon final, he's, you know, in the final set and, and, and the final game of the final set and he's potentially about to lose the tournament. How does he deal with that psychologically? Um, it's building those kind of scenarios and knowing how to deal with that from a mental perspective so that it can then you know, manifest itself in the way he actually hits the ball. And it's, it's, it's correct what you say. You know, it's the, these coaches at a high level, be it a sporting coach or a trading coach or even a business coach, they are, they're, they're assisting their clients to deal with the psychological aspects of what they do more than the actual day-to-day -day, you know, hands-on part of doing the job that they do. Yeah, no, I I agree, and uh, you know, our, you know, trading is is is, is as much of uh, of an elite sport as, as golf is, and uh, if 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 you want to 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 achieve high level of success, I suppose um, your mindset needs to be just as high. And I uh, you know, I was reading a book um, that 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 made uh, an anecdote that's in uh, you know in, in horses. I don't when showcases with with horses, the first thing that has to go over the uh, over the fence is the the rider's heart. Um, before the, the the horse can attempt. Yeah, that's it exactly, and it it, it talks again to confidence and um, you know, having the right the right mindset, the belief in uh, in in a, in a positive outcome. Yeah, yeah, Garth, Garth, thank you, uh, thank you very much for 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 your time. I really enjoy uh, um, this conversation, and and uh, as I, as I said, man, it, it's not spoken about. Um, enough. Um, it's not touched on uh, enough. We often just look at the the, the twenty percent 
um, that that you know what what results to 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 a twenty percent of, of of trading where we just completely disregard or forget about the the the, the most important eighty percent part. Yeah, absolutely. Mindset is vital. So it's been a good discussion. Thanks very much for the opportunity again, Jbula. And um, yeah, we'll we'll chat again in the future. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And before before I let you go, uh, any any uh, book recommendations do you have around mindset? Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear is is a very good book. Um, so it's not a it's not a trading book, but it's a book around forming good habits. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that book. And then um, I'm just busy with the book at the moment. It's an, uh, listening to it as an audio book. Actually, it's it's called The Mental Game of Trading by um, so Jared just, something. Jared Tendler. Thanks. Jared Tendler, I yeah. Just, uh, Jared Tendler. I was just going to have a look on my phone to see the author's name, but yes, it's Jared Tendler. Yeah, that's a great book. That's a great book. That's a very good book. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. Um, there are lots out there, but those are the first two that spring to my mind, actually. Yeah, and the, the Jared Tendler one, uh, you know, I picked it up uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was a month ago. I'm, I really enjoyed it, and it's, uh, it's one that I think I will, I will really listen quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, it's a good book. It's it's it, it sort of instills a lot of, it it kind of marries together the mental aspect of trading together with the technical aspect in in quite a nice way. Uh, you know, the, prior to that, the best trading book I'd ever read, I, I thought, was Mark Douglas' Trading in the Zone, uh, but it dealt with a lot of trading psychology and it was very very good, but it didn't leave you with too many ways of, uh, you know, exercises or ways to try and do the things he was saying you should do. Whereas this this book by Jared Tandler, The Mental Game of Trading, it kind of covers both. It's, there's a whole bunch of exercises in the book and it really forces you and asks you to look at yourself and dig deep and ask yourself a bunch of questions that are relevant to your own trading psychology. Um, and I found that as a, as a practical book, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's 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 yeah, it's it's quite enjoyable too. It's quite enjoyable too, and I think um, uh, you know, a couple that uh, also uh, uh, would 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 be helpful around mindset that I've that I've read over the past uh, uh, past few months is uh, the Zen Golf. I don't know if you you've checked that out. No, I've not actually. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a pretty dope book. Um, I'll, I'll share it with you. It's it's available also on Audible. Um, Zen Golf, um, and the Practicing Mind. I think those two books. And I agree with you. The Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas is by far the mm. best, um, yeah. the best psychology book I've 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 read before. Yeah, just one more while I because I've just while you've been talking, I've opened up my uh, Audible app on my phone here just to look at the books I've read over the last six or seven months. Um, so another one that really was outstanding was The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Um, I actually listened to that book twice. I loved it. And I probably will listen to it again at some stage. Um, the Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Absolutely brilliant book. Yeah. And, then, um, and then another one is A Bulletproof Trader by Steve Ward. It's also one that I've listened to this year, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, you know, I had I heard a lot of good things about um, the psychology of money. Um, I think it's it's uh, it should be one. It should be next on 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 my lesson. Is uh, haven't checked it out yet, but I'm looking to 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 to, to checking it out. Yeah, I'll certainly listen to that. It's a fantastic book. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
No, Garth, thanks again uh, for your time. I really appreciate it and really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I actually have, you know. I've enjoyed just talking about this stuff because it's close to my heart and just <laughs> imparting all of this stuff with you is kind of left me feeling quite, uh, quite upbeat. So thank you as well. Yeah, and the the the, the mindset um, side of things has been, uh, you know, a part of 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 my game that I've been I've been working on recently, um, and I'm just finding it fascinating and 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 quite helpful just to um, take the journey uh, and learning the process of of I'm just enjoying the process of learning uh, um, things around mindset. Yeah, keep at it. It's very it's very helpful. It can only do you well. Cool, cool. Thank you very much. Well, we're going to park it here. That's it for the show this week. Be sure not to miss another episode of the Village Twitter podcast by subscribing on your favorite podcatcher. We're everywhere where good podcasts are aggregated. Uh, be sure to join myself and Simon Brown and follow the Twitter series this evening as you're listening. Um, follow the Twitter series live. It's, it's live on Zoom. I'll leave the link to that um, in the show notes below. It's it's live 5.30. Otherwise, uh, follow me on Twitter at Village Twitter ZA. Uh, Garth McKenzie is at Garth um, at Traders Corner rather uh, on Twitter. Garth, it's, it's been great. Thanks a lot for uh, for the for the time and thank you for listening and check you next time on the Village Trader. Cheers.